following podcast may contain horse language. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the pod that rocks your bod. This is Flick Smacks. I am one of your co-hosts, Terrence. That's great to hear. I am the other co-host. I would be Scottence. Scottence. Yes. How are you, Scottence? I am fantastic. How about yourself? I am well, thank you. That is good to hear. I am well. It is warming up outside. Yes, it is. We may see a light at the end of the COVID tunnel. Mm. We're all having a good time. The flames are on a winning streak. Yeah, they're on. Wait, I don't think one is a streak. I think that's more like, um, I don't even know what to call it. But a win is a win. Win is a win. Daryl Sutter is undefeated in his return. Well, that's his calling card, giving up next to no goals. So, yep. But what episode is this? This would be episode six of season three. Oh, episode yes. six. Six. I like six. <laughs> I like six. It's nice. <laughs> All right. So, would you like to tell them what tonight's movie is? Sure, I will read the title, as it is a long one, while you look up the synopsis. For tonight's episode, uh, we are doing The Adventures of a Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's very nice. So, the synopsis on IMDb... Reads as follows. Adventurer, brain surgeon, rock musician Buckaroo Banzai, and his crime-fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invaders from the eighth dimension who are planning to conquer Earth. Yes. That's quite a, um, quite a resume he's built up. He's, he's, quite he a is, portfolio. He is a renaissance man. First, he was a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. Then he became a rock musician. Yes. And he's an adventurer. And he's also a scientist, show too. Like, like he knows about particles and physics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, too, he's so. like, a, and he's also a hell of a driver. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I hadn't seen this since I was a kid, so I, I only really remembered bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um, this is one that I have never seen, but it's been like on my watch list for a long time, which is why I chose it for this. So it gave me, you know, motivation to watch it. Do you want to give us the rundown of the cast and director? I do. Uh, this is kind of the director's name is W. D. Richter, and he only directed one other movie called Late for Dinner. But he does have 
was a screenwriter for some other successful movies, or at least known movies. Big, big Trouble. Big Trouble in Little China, the 78 remake of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and he did the, and did Needful Things. Oh. So, and this has a large array of performers in this movie. I'm going to read off a bunch, um, and some of them are just very supporting, but they're in this. You got Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, Clancy Brown, Carl Lumley, Dan Hedaya, Jonathan Banks, John Ashton from Beverly Hills Cop, and Yakov Smirnoff. Yep. Yep. And everybody in this movie looks exceptionally young. Yes. Like Ellen Barkin looks great. Yeah. Uh, and so a little bit of trivia here. Um, there was deleted scenes where Jamie Lee Curtis played the mother of Buckaroo. I did, re- I did read that earlier. Yeah. And there was a proposed sequel that was advertised at the end of the movie titled Buckaroo Banzai uh, against the World Crime League. But the this movie bombed at the theater. I wonder and, why. <laughs> and the studio folded, and the production company folded. So yes, it, it it never happened. And the role of Perfect Tommy was originally supposed to be played by Michael Madsen, but he had scheduling conflicts with The Natural, and he was unable to perform. That's uh. Let's take a look at some of these character names for a minute. Okay, let's do it. So my favorite is obviously going to be Christopher Lloyd's character, John yeah. Big Booty. Big Booty. <laughs> you, big Booty. Yes, all the aliens have the first name of John, and then yep. they have a creative last name, like Smallberries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John Smallberries. M-Doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what the significance of that is, mm-hmm. but... Um, so I don't even know if it's possible to like give like a storyline of what happens in this movie because it's so disjointed and all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is. Um, like, and I enjoyed the movie. I, you know, yes. there's some funny stuff. The performances are like, especially John Lithgow's performance is ridiculous. Oh, it's, I mean, that's pseudo italian accent that he's trying to throw on yes but playing like, the the character of emilio laszlo yes which is his <laughs> earth name but really he's no emilio Do- lizardo yes <laughs> emilio Liz- dr emilio lizardo and his alien name is john warfren warfen so yes so basically like the whole plot of this movie is buckaroo banzai is an adventurer and he's um, all those things, rock star, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and he discovers that there's a uh, the well, aliens. It was his. I think it was his father and that other doctor Hedick, uh, Hideki or whatever that Robert discovered, Edo. Yeah, discovered that uh, about the space in between matter that you could should be able to explore that, and there could be civilizations on the same parallel of earth that exists in that empty space and that's what they're trying to 
Yeah, the whole gist of it is that these aliens are mm-hmm. coming to invade Earth and they're to me it seemed like they were trying to get Russia and the United States to think the other one was trying to attack them or something. Yeah. And they were trying to get them to nuke each other. Mhm. Is am I right? I think I that I think that's part of it, yeah. That they're trying to get them to destroy each other. Um I want the one thing we have to address though is Peter Weller is supposed to be half Asian. Yeah. <laughs> Before the movie even when they did that like story crawl at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like so his mother it's American. His, his mother is American and his father's Japanese. Japanese like uh, um I have a coworker who's half Japanese and you can definitely tell that he's half Japanese. Yes, they they pretty much gave Peter Weller jet black hair and had him dress as a samurai in his off time and that was his Japanese influence. But I and like his last name is Bonsai. His last name is Bonsai, which obviously is clearly Japanese, but the name of his band is Chinese based because it's Buckaroo Bonsai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> None of them are Asian. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, these aliens are trying to invade Earth, and Buckaroo Banzai gets zapped partially into the movie, so he has the ability to see who's an actual alien. Yeah, it's kind but of nobody a, else can see it. Kind of a they live situation where they they have something in the air that creates false images or creates the images they want you to see um so that this enables them to disguise their appearance and so he gets shot with these when he's on the phone from the president he gets some sort of uh you know shock and then it makes him be able to see and somehow it makes him be able to remember that there's people in the audience that were aliens even though he wasn't able to see them before and now he's able to know that they're there yeah so the, Yale's conference the, room for some reason. The, pro- <laughs> the problem I had with this movie is that they just kept heaping on like weird side storylines. Mm. But they kind of were part of this main story, but yeah, like, no, they, they, they kind of come together at the end, but it's like a huge buildup, like where like, an hour and 15 minutes of the movie keeps adding new storylines and then it all tries to resolve itself in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And there's like all these people just kind of get thrown into the mix. Like Mm -hmm. basically he has like, how would you describe the kid and his, was it father? I, I, I described it as, because they have this, it's this organization called the blue blaze irregulators. Yeah. I would is it almost, like the fan club? Is it the Buckaroo I would almost think, fan club? I saw I thought of them as like a sleeper cell. Like when they <laughs> signed out a signal when Buckaroo is in trouble and these people come to his aid. Yeah. It's like when if the fan club finds out you're in trouble, they all mm-hmm. posse up and come to your rescue. Yeah. And so they find out that this whole alien invasion started way back in 1938. I like that. I like how yeah. they tied that into War of the Worlds. Yeah, that there was 
the famous broadcast of Orson Welles doing the War of the Worlds wasn't actually a hoax and he was actually describing what was going on and all these aliens came about came from and then the the, and then the aliens forced him to retract his yes statement that it was a true story and to say it was just a radio broadcast so they could yeah. keep their anonymity yeah so yeah so basically these aliens were there for 50 years yes <laughs> they didn't really get much accomplished no and what did, what did you think of uh, Peter Weller's performance? Because I, I think it was pretty much his voice of him singing Since I Don't Have You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, who, he was, he was him or Axl Rose. Like I, to me, the Buckaroo Banzai character should have been a little more wild and flamboyant. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think a little more because he seems to be very, yeah, subdued. Like he was somebody who has that many abilities and is supposed to have, like, he seems to be the most famous person in the world. There's well, comic books and everything I got. You think he would have more just be oozing charisma. Like, was he trying to play it more as like a James Bond? Yeah, just cool, cool as a cucumber type yeah. deal, or, but John Lithgow more than made up for it like john lithgow was basically playing his character from third rock but with an italian Italian accent accent. yes like just very loud and bombastic and like over the top and yeah yeah so he was a doctor that worked with the uh, buckaroo's dad buckaroo's dad and the jeff other jeff hideki but then he like got basically possessed by an alien Mm-hmm. and locked up because they thought he was mental which yes. he is mm-hmm. but why did he wait 50 years to escape the mental institute like, I, I don't know because he I'm did sure. it pretty Maybe easily wait. yeah he's waiting for some sort of signal or something i don't know did you notice who the guard was in the prison yeah that would be all mr uh, jonathan banks yep yep mike ermintrout yes yeah um what did those they had there was a part where they were sent a message from the aliens because it did seem to be the aliens were having their own race war that there was yeah even even though the aliens the way they look in alien form are identical they still they had a black and white because when they were in human form some would be black and some would be white and which they didn't make to, sense to me <laughs> no because they didn't see each other as though as those colors because they're kind of like that admiral akbar kind of off red kind of color and and so yeah so it's like they're like after the black ones and the black ones are the ones that are helping the humans and helping them you know decipher and giving them all the technology to help combat the yeah. the other ones it was like the alien creatures when they were in their human disguises mm-hmm. the african american ones were the like the rebels they were, we're trying people. to help the humans and basically rastafarians all yeah. yeah yeah they all had dreadlocks yeah yeah and and then they they were sent a message that's like a hologram message and they all had to put on these 3d glasses. That's where they look like they were made out of like, you know, bubble wrap. Yeah. Yeah. With, with little goggles in them. And that whole bit where the, 
they launched that thing off their spaceship. It came to Earth, mm-hmm. kind of got lodged into that tree and was yeah. like a giant, like, fleshy orb. Yeah. When it showed the guy inside that orb, was he mm-hmm. having a bath? <laughs> it looked like he was doing something there. Like, it did look like he had some sort of bath. Like, he like looked- there's all this, like... Well, yeah, shit's going on outside the sphere. Like there's yeah. cops and the aliens are there, and Buckaroo shows up, and then there's this guy kind of having a bath. Looks inside. like a bath, and he's got a tray over, took like Dalton <clears throat> Trumbo or something like that, sitting there. He's working at the bathtub, and but yeah, no, but even before that, because when you see the orb follow the tree, it's giant. But before that, it was a completely different shape flying through yeah, the it looked air, looked like a flying scarab. Or something. something like that. And the guys, there's some hunters and they shoot it and they say, I hit it. It's wounded. How, how can you tell it's wounded? Like you don't even know what this is, but somehow they're able to figure out that it's wounded. Well, they had to bring it down somehow. Yes. <laughs> Might as well be hunters with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then the, the aliens also had uh, the ability to shoot like bullet force spit <laughs> yeah it was like a fucking loogie bullet yeah when that um mechanic comes out of his garage and he's like hey who's messing yeah. around and he just gets blasted with a loogie yeah that was funny but uh yeah no and and then there was um i was looking at oh there's part where yeah when peter weller um gets the ability and he gets zapped he quickly writes something down on his hand like some sort of algorithm or whatever yeah in order to figure that out and then he's later it's i don't know hours have passed and the thing hasn't faded on his hand and then the the japanese scientists like oh give me the algorithm so peter weller licks <laughs> yeah. his hand and then stamps it on the guy's head and that's supposed to yeah that's going to be a clear transfer but then there's also like an element of like when he touches them, when he touches people, there's like an electric jolt. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand that. Like it's just in him. Like it's just he's just able to. Yeah. Whatever happened to him in the phone booth, kind of at yeah. the beginning there, when he mm-hmm. got zapped by the alien prank call. Yeah. And of course, we haven't even mentioned Jeff Goldblum um, playing a guy named Jersey. Or New, New Jersey, Jersey yeah. New Jersey, and he dresses like a cowboy the the entire movie. Um, just... <laughs> yeah, when he's like kind of intro- reintroduced when he's wearing his cowboy yeah. gear. Yes. And the guys are like, where's your spurs? Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum is like, wait a minute, are you guys making fun of me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, now he's part of the band. Yeah. Like for so many, like, okay, like, Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Jeff Goldblum, they're kind of like, you know, they're fringe star actors, right? Mm -hmm. But they all, and Christopher Lloyd, they're all all quirky in their own way, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much Peter Weller, but like, especially Lithgow, Goldblum, and Christopher Lloyd, like, I was expecting a lot more out of Goldblum and Lloyd, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Out of John Big Boutet. Yeah, um, no, yeah, no, it's, oops, I had something here. 
Like you wouldn't even be able to tell that was Christopher Lloyd most of the time, except for the voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was, would have been a year before Back to the Future. I mean, obviously he'd been in Taxi at that point too, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was before he exploded with Back to the Future. There's almost like some Back to the Future elements in this movie. Well, there was part of his jet car or whatever that looked like the flux capacitor. Yeah. Like as soon as you saw it, I'm like, that looks like the flux capacitor. It's got that same shape and the, the, the lit the same way. So I don't know if there was some inspiration or I don't know when Back to the Future was written or, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a, di- it's a different studio too. So it's not like they would have been able to look in on the making of it or anything like that too. But uh, yeah, there's the the end credits were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of dancing through that Los Angeles reservoir. Yeah, which I also read in the in trivia that they were walking to the tune of Uptown Girl. Yeah, because they hadn't written they had, uh, they had written the final, and they needed some sort of beat for to keep them synchronized. So they had a truck with a boombox just driving in front of them, leading the way, and just playing Uptown Girl. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was a, like a good, um, kind of quirky ending to, mm-hmm. you know, a movie that was entertaining but really made no sense. Yeah, no, like there's so many just throwaway stuff where they're they're walking through this lab and it looks like there's some sort of there's a watermelon just sitting there like in a compressor of some kind and Jeff Goldblum's like why is that watermelon there and the guy's like I'll tell you later and then he yeah. just <laughs> finished walking through the labs like okay like I understand why this is kind of like you know people kind of have a cult following towards oh, yeah. it or whatever mm-hmm like it's definitely that kind of movie. Yeah. Like it's got a it's almost got like a rocky horror vibe to it. Mm. Like not in the not in the, you know, the content the content but like no. the, the vibe, right? Like it's mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another part where John Lithgow's character is hooked uh Peter Weller up to the electrodes or whatever and he's like i'm going to enter the data on this keypad and it's just like a piano keyboard <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a midi controller yeah <laughs> and i like the other sight gag of because they're trying to get you know the president and the russian things are like stalemate he's not quite sure what to do and so they give him the declaration of war but it's the short form yeah <laughs> it's like decoration of war short it's like form. a little card you just kind of yeah. sign <laughs> Yeah, and what was the what was the whole deal with the president being in traction? I don't know. Like, there's no explanation for it. It didn't add anything. There was nothing that they could use to benefit the story some way that he could use it for protection or use it for any sort of thing. But yeah, it was. And like, without Buckaroo Banzai. Bonsai saying, "Oh, how's your back?" Yeah, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. What you know? Yeah, he's just in this strap to this bed that's you know inverted and you know just floating. Yeah, strange, yeah. strange movie. Yeah, no, I 
yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Like it's, it's definitely off the wall. And I think if I watch it again, which I, I probably will, um, I'll probably get more out of it this time just because I'll be able to kind of anticipate what's coming. So all these different stories, I'll kind of know where they're going. And so I can, you know, not try to absorb everything all at once kind of thing and trying to figure it out. Just Yeah. Uh, like, it, it, you know, like there's definitely more that, you know, I would notice on a, on a rewatch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm so busy trying to remember things and yeah. Like if I just was to sit down and watch it and, you know, I'd probably be able to recognize more, more jokes, more, you know, mm. but there's, this does um, definitely determine that John Lithgow is the greatest overactor of all time. I know you can overact and you don't see, it doesn't seem, it seem like it's doesn't seem like it's forced. It doesn't seem like it's too much. Like he, he knows the right level to go. Like he doesn't exceed that level. He just like, yeah, yeah that's just the way he is. Yeah. And uh, uh, we'll get to it in the top five. Yeah. We'll discuss. Yeah. Um. So yeah, one other piece of trivia that I felt because to solidify this thing as a cult, cult movie um this had like a shout factory release and shout factory had obviously has scream factory as well for more horror type movies and then they developed another line called shout select that Mm -hmm. were for more things that have that weren't necessarily mainstream for cult status and buckaroo bonsai was the first release under that that title of uh shout select so they i believe movies that was the first one they chose i believe it I remember when I was a kid seeing the ads in the paper for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember how the newspapers used to have like full page ads with like, oh, like I would, full movie posters? Yeah, I would love those. And then it would say eighth great week or fifth smash week or whatever, like telling you yeah. how long it's been in the theater. Yeah, I miss those. Now, like, I don't even think the newspaper shows movie listings. I think it just has movie listings in general. It doesn't have like the posters or anything like that. It just has like, here's, this is what it's at the theater and what theater and that's, that's it. I think it was Saturdays or Friday. No, it was Fridays Fridays, in the Calgary sun. Hmm. Like they'd have literally like a, like a 20 page entertainment section and half Hmm. of it was just movie posters and movie listings, you know, all the show times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world has changed. Simpler time. And not for the not for the good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's not an incoherent story. It's just so overall it's they just look kinda like they're trying to shove like ten pounds of hamburger in a five yeah. pound bag. It was a you know very I mean? yeah, it was a very ambitious movie. Oh, like, absolutely. Right? They obviously had big plans. They were trying to launch a franchise, but it just, yeah, it was, it couldn't live up to what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But, but you I never know. They, might, never they may make a sequel eventually. They are actually doing a remake. Oh, are they? Yes. I, saw, I looked on IMDb and there's, yeah, there's a remake in the works. So, so is like Matthew McConaughey going to be Buckaroo Bonsai and... 
Who's going to be John Lithgow's character? Oh, Sam Rockwell. Is it? I don't know. They don't list any of the cast. No. (laughs) Sam Rockwell would be good, actually. Yes, he would be. Uh, Yeah, no, it was good. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't don't know how many times I'll rewatch it, but... Forever. Like, just on repeat all the time? Every day. And when I can't watch it, I have to listen to audio of it? Yes. You'll, you'll put it on while you're sleeping. So you will just absorb all the information and you'll be able to quote it verbatim every day and you won't know why. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah uh, that, that's Buckaroo. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly worth one watch for oh, yeah. anybody who's, who may or may or is kind of on the fence. It's... Like a lot, I think I think people like us yeah. who uh, who appreciate cinema would you know like it like quirky type. But I don't think like the casual movie viewer would really be interested in mm-hmm. in this. You know, like it seems kind of outdated and mm-hmm. yeah. That's the, that's the thing I always find with these older science fiction movies how they're they always have all these advanced technologies but they're never able to actually like foresee like even unmanageable stuff. Like you can, like they couldn't think like, there's no way this could ever happen. So we're not going to have that in the movie. And like a big example of that is even in something like my minority report where they have every, this huge technology and the big screens that he has the little glove on that he can move and adjust the screens. They still have discs. He has those little clear discs that they move from terminal to terminal. They couldn't foresee like Wi-Fi or something like that. They they still have. And so in the 80s, it's even worse because they just don't have, you know, computers aren't in as many homes. And so they just don't have that kind of, you know, foresight in in that kind of stuff. But Well, like the special effects in this movie were pretty much on par with what was Mm -hmm. this the status quo back then like like it was ghostbusters level yeah special effects like they weren't terrible but you could tell they were you know they're not yeah, I, I was actually impressed by the alien masks as well how well they the mouth moves and they actually had a lot of movement in it and sometimes you get those masks back then and it's just like the mouth is doesn't move and it's just a a sound coming out of the yeah you can tell it's just some guy moving his face underneath yeah but it looks like yeah these these people are they're able to adjust to the actual facial movements and uh yeah that was that was decent yeah yep agreed agreed so before we uh move on we have the delayed uh what are you drinking you know you know the are you or do you not have a beverage i do okay are you trying to remember what you have no it's uh it's not the typical and it's not something that i'm trying to stump you with okay it's just you are you drinking a shirley temple no (laughs) i'm drinking a, a virgin um what would it be virgin daiquiri are you? Oh, wow. No, no, I'm not. You're not. Are you? Um, do you have a, a bubbly of some kind or well, a bubbly? It's along those lines, but it's not. It's like I'll just tell you what I'm drinking. Okay, I will. I will. I will allow that. 
It's like one of those flavored carbonated waters. Okay. I think you've had that before. We've, uh, we've it's like a President's Choice brand lime no. tangerine flavored. Okay. Tangerine dream? Tangerine dream. Okay. I'm going to guess that you're drinking. Is it a soda? It is a soda of some kind. Is it a Diet Dr. Pepper? No. Is it a diet? No. Is it a Pepsi Zero? No. Is it a diet root beer? No. It is something that we have discussed. I don't know if we've discussed it on air, but it is something that you have tried recently and said, oh, that's good. Diet ginger ale. The hell is the flavor? Raspberry? Or is cranberry? Cranberry, yeah. Yes, that's what I have. Canada. Those are good. Cranberry. It's too bad they're only limited, though. <sighs> it, is something, it is something they should consider making available all the time. Yes. They should. Mmm. Mmm. There, I said that. So, um, so, you know, anything of interest that you've been uh, plowing through lately? Uh, I actually wrote down a few things that I watched over the last couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I watched a sort of documentary on Netflix called David Arquette Will Not Die. Right. Yes. I've seen ads for that. It's actually really good. Yeah. Um, it's basically talks about David Arquette's obsession with wrestling mm-hmm. and how in the early 2000s he was WCW champion for two days. Right. And it was kind of like, it kind of tarnished the the championship. And he's kind of been like, like wrestling fans have kind of thought of him as a joke. Right. But he actually loves wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he gets back into shape and actually like, you know, ends up doing some matches and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, takes it seriously and actually trains and it's pretty good actually like yeah. it uh i did not realize how fucked up that guy is like he's you know with the liquor and like his health yeah. situation and stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah it, it was good like mm-hmm. uh like who doesn't love david arquette he's just like a goofball right yes uh yes. i watched um Another kind of, I guess, crime documentary on Netflix called Long Shot. Oh yeah, I've seen that. That's the the, the one. The one your enthusiasm. Her, one. Yeah, crazy story. Yeah, like a just the high percentage odds. Like definitely, yeah, Long Shot that this guy was able to get vindicated. That they happened to get a shot of him during as a background person during an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, so this guy got charged with murder, Mm -hmm. sentenced to prison, um, but he, in actuality, he was at a Dodgers game during the time. Yeah. But they had no proof because he didn't have his ticket stubs, blah, blah, blah. So it ended up that they were filming scenes for an early episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And his lawyer poured through days worth of tapes Mm 
Yeah. And then finally found footage of him at the ballpark. Yeah. Um, from some of the Curb Your Enthusiasm footage. Some of the, yeah, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, it wasn't like from the show. It was just yeah, like he was like, they were held up because, you know, they were shooting and then they were let, let through and then, yeah. And then they were able to pinpoint through um, a cell tower that he made a phone call from the stadium at pretty much the exact time the murder took place. So, yeah. Like he was acquitted and you know exonerated of mm-hmm. is that the right word? Yeah, exonerated yeah. of the charges and mm-hmm. but I think he spent a fair amount of time behind behind bars though. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, like it, it's short. It's like not even an hour. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, I like that. Actually, Larry David was involved too. That they actually got to interview him and it's like he's just flabbergasted by the whole thing that is like well he basically proved a man innocent yeah like um i've watched the first two seasons of the killing rewatched right um second viewing i did the first season's really good but the second Mm -hmm. season's not so great um I don't know what it appealed to me about it first time. Um, and then I watched uh, a horror movie called The Vigil. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've seen about seen it or no. heard about it. It's um, basically like uh, in some, like in the Jewish religion, um, they don't like to leave a dead body alone. So they'll like hire, uh, I can't remember the term for it, but mm-hmm. they'll hire a person to sit with the body until, you know, they take it to the funeral home or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, no, they had that in the episode of The League. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, the main character's like, he's kind of one foot out the door of being you know, an Orthodox Jew. Mm -hmm. Um, He's kind of stepping away from that. Um, Some stuff happened um, to him or to, you know, a friend of his and he kind of lost faith, but he's broke. So he needs this money. So he takes the job to watch this, um, watch over this uh, dead body. And uh, basically, like, supernatural stuff starts happening. Um, It's really low budget, but it's really atmospheric and really well acted. Mm. So I think you'd actually like it. Okay. Um, I watched Coming to America. Oh, the sequel? I haven't watched that yet. Um, Is it worth it? or? Yeah, I think, you know, it's... It's not, it wouldn't be a waste of time, but I think they tried to protect the original. Right. So they don't really go outside the box on this one. It's basically the same thing. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, all the characters from the first 
movie are back like the 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 reverend or whatever that yes. arsenio hall plays and like the barbershop guys and yeah um so yeah it, it, like with most comedies i find the first mm-hmm. half pretty funny right then it just loses steam right mm-hmm. so uh yeah okay. and um just uh i've been rewatching season six of it's always sunny mm-hmm. and still watching the league rewatching the league right that's about it good stuff um yeah i've watched the few movies in the last couple of weeks um watched this japanese one called uh as the gods will um it's uh directed by uh takashi Mike, who did like ichi the killer and audition and those kind of stuff yeah um it's kind of like um like a battle royale type movie like that japanese movie um yeah. but a bunch of high school kids are forced to compete in these old like children's games and stuff like that and the ones who don't win die and the other ones move on to the next round and stuff it's pretty graphic but it's uh it's pretty entertaining um yeah i, I enjoyed that um watch the whaling if you want to continue with good, Asian eh? or korean yeah it's it's long but yeah it's, it's really long yeah it's good um finally watched the communion I know you've talked about that. Oh, the times. Whitley Schreiber book? Yeah. With uh, Christopher yeah. Walken? Christopher Walken. Yeah, playing Have you ever read Walken. that book? I haven't read the book, no. It is fucking freaky. Yeah. Well, I did get to see Christopher Walken get probed on film, so yeah. that's, that's a check off the bucket list. Well, that movie Fire in the Sky with D.B. Sweeney is basically mm-hmm. like based on the same story right right but yeah communion's good yeah uh finally watched tenant the latest christopher nolan one. Oh yeah i haven't watched it yet yeah it's actually pretty good i liked it um it's you know it's a mind fuck yeah yeah it's kind of figure out what's going on as you go and it's you know people existing in two different times at the same time some are going through regular time and the other ones are going backwards through time and they can make cross each other during the same existence and it's it's pretty effed um yeah some some of these older ones that i've been watching like uh it's alive i finally watched hadn't seen that before that, that movie. movie terrified the shit out of me when i was a kid man i think it's yeah, the first it horror movie i ever like saw on tv yeah fucked, it fucked with me yeah it was pretty crazy I think that's uh, why I hate babies. Because <laughs> you're afraid they're going to attack you? That they're demon children? Yeah, just because they're gross. <laughs> um, watch uh, VFW. Yeah, that was pretty too. entertaining. That's pretty entertaining, yeah. Very uh, grindhouse feel. Some good old you know, boy actors in there, too. Yeah, just pretty, pretty graphic. Um. Rewatched April Fool's Day. Hadn't seen that since. I've never seen it. Hadn't seen it since VHS. Um, still liked it. And then I watched uh, Jennifer's Body last night. I What'd you think? Seen that. It wasn't bad. No, I I think um, I think they could have maybe pushed it a little bit more. Like. Oh yeah, it's definitely right? you know. 
Yeah. It's definitely geared towards like 17 year old women. Yeah. You know? But yeah, no, it's, it was, but it was, it was decent. Um, Great soundtrack, though. Yeah, it's a pretty good soundtrack. Yes. <clears throat> and, um, exactly. And Megan Fox, <laughs> Megan Fox wasn't terrible in it. No, she wasn't. And, um, I started rewatching, um, Burn Notice. Oh, yeah. It's on Disney Plus now. So awesome show. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's about it. Nice. And just, just a bunch of rewatches and all that. So, Excellent. Yes, it is excellent. So, is it excellent? It might be excellent. Yes. Yes. It's very nice. So, we are going to do something different for our top five. Different. Yes. Um, because, you know, Bonsai was filled with just great actors, we decided to do two lists of top fives based on two of the performers. Terry will do one and I will do the other. And what did you, what did you, who did you select? Well, I didn't select. I was left with Jeff Goldblum (laughs) because you, because you selected John Lithgow. So, well, I said ladies first, so I picked first. Yes. So do we want to just go over each art? Do we want to go back and forth how we normally do? Or do you want, so you just do all the Lithgow, then I do all the gold. I think we could probably just do all five and then all five. Okay. So we'll just stick to the actor. So, um, yeah. So I, uh, I will start then. Okay. So my number five for Goldblum is Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, just classic dinosaur flick obviously everybody knows it the special effects still hold up like it's they're just crazy good for the time and now um you get the great beefcake shot of bold gold bloom you know the shirt open um but yeah i know it's just good thrills good effects and uh it lacks in some of the dialogue but it's it doesn't take away too much it's uh i think it's a benchmark in cinema yes like uh it still looks fucking legit mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. Like Spielberg didn't dick around with the special effects in that one. He did not. That's what Spielberg's known for, not dicking around. He does not dick around. No. Uh my number 4 is Silverado. A great western from the early 80s. Um strong cast. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. And Kevin Costner, Kevin Klein, John Cleese, Brian Dennehy, Scott Glenn. It's just a huge cast. And it's just was kind of like uh kind of rebooted the Western genre that had kind of been dead for a while. And Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back and never heard of it. And uh Raiders uh was was responsible for the writing and directing and yeah, it's just it's just, just good fun popcorn movie mm-hmm. my number three is the 78 remake of invasion of the body snatchers with goldblum and donald sutherland um it's just a great movie i mean i i didn't mind the the 50s version but this was like a very special effects makeup goo laden version 
and uh yeah donald sutherland's awesome in that movie yeah and yeah just a good solid sci-fi horror uh number two thor ragnarok like that movie just balls out funny i forgot Uh, about that and he's like he plays the grandmaster who's running the big tournament where you know hulk is the champion he has to fight thor and all that and he's just He's as Jeff Goldblumy as you could possibly ask for Jeff Goldblum to be. And he's just as funny as, you know, Chris Hemsworth is a revelation of humor in this movie. Jeff Goldblum pretty much steals every scene he's in, um, other than Korg. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great movie. And number one, I'm sure you can probably guess what my number one mm. is. Hmm. Does it have something to do with insects? Uh, yes. Transylvania Excellent. six five thousand. No. Um <laughs> the the is obviously the fly. Um David Cronenberg's again another remake and full of special effects makeup and goo. It won an Academy Award for its makeup and it's just so graphic and raw and just like the makeup is crazy and it's just gross and you know, the Brundle fly and everything. It's yeah, it's way it's better than on, it's on par with alien as you know, sci-fi horror. Yeah. Masterpiece. Yeah. No, it's, I, I watched it so many times when I was growing up, I haven't seen it for a while, but yeah, it's, it's so good. So that's mine. So if you want to do your list and then we can do kind of our honorable mentions for both of them afterwards. So I don't, I didn't really number these. Okay. So um, I'll just kind of like do it on the fly. Oh, because um, I just said the fly. <laughs> Zinger. Yes. So my number five is Shrek. Like I know he's not acting, but uh, well, he's voice acting. Voice voice acting. Um, he's Lord Farquaad. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually all pretty decent. I think. I think I prefer the part two, but I think he John Lithgow's character is more prominent in the first one, so. Yeah, it's more apropos for you to pick that one. Yeah. Um, so like I know you don't get to actually see him on screen, but mm-hmm. um, his his voice is very distinctive, mm-hmm. recognizable. Um, so why wouldn't you use him in your animated movie? Exactly. Uh, my number four is Raising Kane. Mm-hmm. Um. He just plays such a good psychopath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is he can go playing like a psychopath to being a very genuinely nice softy. Like he has such range and he's believable at both ends. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I remember kind of, I think I was 13 or so when this came out. Mm -hmm. And we snuck in the theater to see it. Like we paid for something else and went to see this. And it was it was pretty freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's best when he's 
unhinged. Like a little off the rails. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Raising Cane. kilter. Yeah. So number three is probably Dex, his role in Dexter. Season as, four. As Arthur, the um, Trinity, Trinity killer. Yeah. Um, he's he doesn't really play the role as a psychotic. No. But, you know, he's, he's a good villain. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, essentially. Well, that's, that's, it, what makes him, that's He's just more sinister because he's not flamboyant and all this kind of thing. He's a family man. He's a church going man, but then he's got the secret life. And so, yeah, that makes him kind of more scarier because he's an, everyday guy that's going out doing this stuff and like i guess it's two serial killers trying to outdo each other yeah um so i he played good opposite to you know dexter's Mm -hmm. they both kind of had that code yeah and you know Mm -hmm. um but he is just really good like perfectly cast um so I guess my number two would be Harry and the Hendersons. Um, I just loved that movie when I was a kid. Like I still watch it. And um, you you love seeing Bigfoot get punched in the face. Wow. Yeah. We don't love you anymore. Um, so basically, yeah, it's like <laughs> even in this, like it's a family movie, but still yeah. Like John Lithgow's character, like George Henderson, mm. still, you know, this Bigfoot gets the best of him and he becomes fucking insane, like trying to, you know, yeah. track him down. And, um, well, it's the thing they used to have to, they had to find like an even taller actor because Jeff Goldblum was like, not Jeff Goldblum, but John Lithgow was like 6'4 or something like that. Yeah. So they had to find like a giant actor in order to. I think it was the guy that played the Predator, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Kevin Peter Hall, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's dead now though. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I just it's not the greatest movie, but it's one of those movies like I was I love the whole Bigfoot. I still do mm-hmm. love the whole legend of the Bigfoot, so Yeah. You no. Know, this movie was right up my alley. Uh number one obviously is Third Rock from the Sun. Um he just plays like the most pompous, delusional, idiotic mm-hmm. alien. Yeah. Trying to fit in, but he's like sticks out like a sore thumb, even even as, you know, pretending mm-hmm. to be a human. Yeah. Um and he's easily the best part of that show. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's just he's perfectly cast again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's my top five John Lithgow performances slash projects. Okay. Um. So um, I guess we just do honorable mentions for any of them. Um, well, I think your gold bloom list pretty much. Yeah. You know. The fly would have been my number one. Yeah. Um, like 
Life Aquatic almost made my top five. Um, um, but yeah, no, it just it just missed. And Grand Budapest, he's in as well. Like any of those the Wes Anderson ones. Just but yeah, it was pretty pretty tight. For Lithgow, I think I probably would have had Twilight Zone, the movie on there. That's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, because you know, obviously he's just in one segment, but it's a memorable segment because it's one of the most redone segments of all Twilight incarnations. Yeah. Yeah. How come uh, Independence Day didn't make your top five? Um, because it's not very good. <laughs> so what are you that, talking that's, that's about? The that's the, that's the way an alien invasion would go down to a T. I mean, yeah, obviously. And obviously all aliens would run on our zero one binary code. So you could just upload anything to their spaceship that's true yeah um i think i'd put adventures of buckaroo bonsai on my short list because he's ridiculous yeah like he's it's perfect that's for lithgow yeah yeah or bogle but Uh, yeah no um i mean i like the movie so it wouldn't necessarily be for him like for lithgow but Interstellar is like he's in that plays uh, yep. McConaughey's father-in-law. I don't know um, if you watch Bombshell. Yeah, I did watch Bombshell. Yeah, he, he's pretty good in that too. Like he's yeah, no, he's pretty. They kind of like he, you know, he's has a bit of makeup and bodysuit. Yeah. And... yeah. And and he played a good villain in Cliffhanger, with in the oh Sylvester yeah Stallone yes. Rennie Harlan vehicle. Mm. Just looking through yeah, the, no. the Goldblum list here. Man, he's done a lot of TV shows. Mm. Goosebumps. What? Oh, that's a video game. Oh, okay. Sesame Street. Mmm. 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 Yes. Hey, it's been around a while, eh? Yep. Yeah, I don't think I'd. I think your list is pretty. Yeah. Pretty good. Hmm. So, yeah, that's our top five. Zip top five. Five. Mm-hmm. Top fives. So yeah, so I think that's unless you have something out of this world to mention, I don't think we I think we can probably conclude this uh this cast. I think I've already mentioned everything I want to mention. Okay. Well then. All right. For 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 uh Flixmax, I'm Scott. And I'm Terrence. Okay then. So, right. toodles.